Good evening, ladies. We're going to get started. Thanks so much for coming back. <laughs> Let's just go before the Lord and pray. Heavenly Father, we just come before you right now, Lord, and we just thank you for uh, just this day, for this um, evening to be together, Lord. I thank you for these ladies who chose to come and to be in your word, to uh, encourage one another and be in fellowship, Lord. I pray you bless them as they're away from their families and just encourage us, Lord. God, you know what kind of day we've had, and I just pray, Lord, that you'd meet us where we're at, Lord. We thank you for the study. I know it's uh, meeting my life where it's at right now, Lord, as you always do. That's how you work, Lord, and I thank you for that. I thank you that you're a God that doesn't um, give up on us, Lord, that you're always working in our lives to make us more like you. So I just pray, Lord, as we unpack James, that you would um, calm my nerves and help me to speak the things that you um, have shown me to speak, Lord, and that I wouldn't go outside of that, but you would just lead this time and uh, prepare our hearts to hear from you. In your precious name we pray, amen. Okay, so we are in James chapter 1, 1 through 11. The last time we learned um, from our introduction to James that the Christians were just not growing up. Oswald Oswald Chambers says, We need to get rid of the idea that we understand ourselves. It is the last conceit to go. The only one that understands us is God. One of the greatest curses of the spiritual life is to think that we know better about life. I realize at 50 years old, without the trials and testing God has given me, I'd be a stinky Pharisee. I'd be like, look how I raised my kids. Look how I did this. Look how good my marriage is. So thank God for Jesus. Without those trials and testings, he humbles and tests me and makes me realize how much I need him. In order to be a Christian, to be Christ-like, God is going to make some changes, particularly, I think, for women in our thinking. Because I think men struggle with their eyes, women struggle up here. And guess who knows what's up here? Oh, man. Because we're not telling everybody what's going on up here, even our closest friends. But you know who knows? Jesus. And that's who's important, who needs to know. And he will, if we listen and sit in the place that he has us, right where he has put us, we must trust his great love and wisdom and then watch When he is able to do what he's able to do in us, showing us, he knows better than us, and he always does what's best for us. So an example, Tony has the gift of patience. He's very patient. Um, Even if there's something happening, he's slow to speak about it. Um, And I have, on the other hand, I have the gift of encouragement. What does Tony need? He needs encouragement. What do I need? Patience. So God has put us together. Our life is like a coin. We are always going to, God's always going to be working on the flip side. We have a heads and a tails. The head side is all our gifting, all the wonderful things. And you all, all of you have wonderful gifts. Don't let the enemy say you don't have anything because that's a lie. But the tail side is our weakness. It's what God needs to work on. It's where we need to grow. Hebrews 12, 9 through 10. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us and we paid them respect. And I read that, and I'm like, oh, Lord, I know all of us had not have, had, have not had uh, a loving father. I have not had a loving father. I had an absent father. Um, I know there's been some abusive fathers. So we can read that, and it's kind of hard for us to receive it. But he is a loving father. 
Shall we not much not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days chasten us. I wished I had a father who loved me to chasten me. Because that's real love, ladies. A father who loved your kids and chastens them, disciplines them, guides them. Don't just let them do whatever they want. Because they're not going to be a wonderful adult to be around in the future. For they indeed for a few days chasten us as seemed best to them. But he for our profit, for our profit he chastened us, that we may be partakers of his holiness, of his holiness. He's a good, good father. He knows well how to raise solid children. Let's let him. We're going to look at the marks of mature Christian as we study James. And just a reminder, James chapter 1, the Mature Christian is patient and testing. Chapter 2, we're going to look at the mature Christian practices truth. Chapter 3, the mature Christian has power over her tongue. (laughs) Ouch. That's a good one. I know. I sure can. James chapter 1, the mature Christian is patient and testing. James chapter 2, the mature Christian practices truth. I'm going to take a sip. James chapter 3, the mature Christian has power over her tongue. James chapter 4, the mature Christian is a peacemaker, not a troublemaker. James chapter 5, the mature Christian is prayerful in all things. So let's look at our Bibles. Let's read James 1 through, 1, through, 1 through 11. James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God of let him ask of God who gives all all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not the man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Let the lowly brother glory in his exaltation, but the rich in his humiliation, because as a flower of the field he will pass away. For no sooner has the sun risen with a burning heat than it withers the grass. Its flowers fall, and its beautiful appearance perishes, so the rich man also will fade away in his pursuits. So we see in verse 1, James was a bondservant. A bondservant were slaves who were released, and they, they stayed willingly out of obligation. They were released from their obligation, but they willingly remained in condition of a servitude out of respect for their master. So they loved their master. They were released from that slavery position, and they chose to stay. We, we see that the letter was written to Christian Jews who were scattered throughout the Roman Empire. They were struggling. Feelings could not dictate their life. They had to trust God if they were going to make it. James calls them his brothers. So they were his fellow spiritual family. He loved them to be able to to call them brothers. That means they're family. I want you to write down these four words as we look at tonight's study. One is count. 
two is no, not N-O, but K-N-O-W. Three is let, and four is ask. So, we look at verses 2 and 4. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. The first thing we need to do is count. We need to add up things correctly. And the way to do that is by being in the Word of God and having a renewed mind. Start caring more about the kingdom of God than we do about ourselves. Ouch. See greater value in pleasing Jesus than we do our own selfish desires. It's hard to do in this world to stay that focused. He says, count this all up. Add it up in your mind properly from God's view, not from the world's point of view, not from our point of view. John 16.33 says, these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. God's will for all of us is not only doing what he asks, but always accepting with praise and thanksgiving all that he allows. That's hard. That's very hard. It's really realizing that he's the one that gave you your fingerprint and, gave you, and you gave your life back to him. You said, I surrender all. I accept Jesus in my heart. I want to live for you. I want to belong to you. 1 Peter 4.12 Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. I had no idea when we left. Some of you, I don't know if some of you know, some of you don't, some of you do. But we just moved from church, our first home that we bought when we moved here. And I was totally on board. We were going to downsize. It's going to be great. I had no idea what I was going to be smacked with in the face of missing that home. And, 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 and I just read that. Do not think it's strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you. And ladies, I can't put a finger on it besides it's just the memories of my girls being there. And I think all the changes with the two girls getting married in 2019, you know, I'm like, this is fun. This is great. Shower, wedding, dancing, and then shower, wedding. I'm like, this is, I'm fine. You fine? Yeah, everything was great. And my girlfriends were all like, how are you fine? Like, you, are you sure you're okay? I'm like, yeah, this is fun. I prayed since they were little. They were godly men, and they're here, and I love them, and they're living here. I mean, they could be living in Oregon and living in Texas, and I'm like, everything's good. And then my husband's like, I think we should downsize. I'm like, okay, all right, let's, let, all right, let's do that. And then, boom, it has been, I'm just being completely honest with you girls, it has been difficult. And, and I have been on my knees more than I've ever been because I'm like, Lord, I need you. I can't change it. It's gone. I can't change it. I can't even drive by it. Just going into my mora tears me apart. And my brother just moved there. So you can pray for me. <laughs> but that's basically what I feel like I'm walking through, a fiery trial. So, and he's allowed it. And I'm going to trust him. So anyway, if we want to become like Jesus, which I think we all do, then there's a whole lot of nonsense that needs to be kicked out of me. A whole lot of nonsense. So these difficult things, these trials that God allows, brings the testings, not strange, right? He knew. You know, I've said to him, Lord, 
If you knew I was going to struggle like this, why didn't you allow it? Why did you allow a house to sell? Why didn't you? Something happen. You know, if you knew it was going to be so hard for me. But it's not strange to him. He allowed it because he wants to knock some more nonsense out of me. And my girls are here. Praise the Lord. You know what I mean? Those are just memories. So I don't know. I'm not through it yet. I'm honest with you. I'm not through it yet. I'm not on the other side of it, but I'm on my knees begging them to help me. They all have a purposeful use in our lives for spiritual development. He wants us to grow. He's not going to leave us as infants. So another big, big trial for me that um, happened was back in 2011 when on Mondays, it was my husband day off back in York when we were living in York. And some Mondays, not recently, but sometimes we go through, let's have our devotions together. Let's pray together. And that morning he said, I really, I really need to talk to you. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. So I said, yeah. And he said, I, I really, uh, you need to, you need, I, I'm, I'm really burdened. He had been bringing our college group down to uh, this area um, to do, like, outreaches. And he was burdened with this area. And we honestly, I don't know if a lot of you know this or not, but we honestly tried to come to this area back in 90. Six, uh, right when, uh, no, yeah, no, wait, I had Abby in 96, back in 97, 98, when Gary Meath left to go to California, and I, he, honestly, we came down here, we drove, we went with a, met with a realtor, we hadn't bought a house yet, so we are meeting with a realtor, I am not kidding you, we were driving around Pleasantville, and we were supposed to look at houses, and I was like, Lord Jesus, this is not your will, close the door, I was begging him, because I just, I, I just was praying, Lord, but and it was so weird. The realtor would show up. He wouldn't have the right key. We couldn't get in the house. Like, just weird things kept happening. So we just felt like the Lord closed the door. And then the Lord, later on, a year later, opened the door for us to go to York. So now here we are on Monday. He says to me, I'm having this burden, this desire to go for down there. And I'm sorry to say this, but I said, no, you will not do this to me again. My kids are in a wonderful school. I was so comfortable with my friends, with my job at the urologist's office, comfortable in our home. I was comfortable. And that's what it was. I was comfortable. So I told my husband, no, you can go, but I am not going. I am not going. (laughs) So that was hard. And then the next day, it was a very difficult conversation. Dinner that night wasn't that fun. (laughs) The next day, I walked by heading to work, and he was coming out of the laundry room, and he said, he grabbed my arm, and he said, would you at least pray? And I was like, yes, I will pray. And I'm telling you, ladies, I had to wait. I had to trust. I had to listen to my God, because over the next month, the Lord literally Um, I could show you my Bible and streams in the desert. The Lord just softened my heart and softened me and softened me. And and when we left here to go to York, I didn't cry out to the Lord. I didn't say, God, I need need a promise from you. I need to know this is your will. I was having babies, and I was like, I'm in the center of God's will. I don't care where we go. We could go to Jamaica. You know, I just, I, I didn't need to, I didn't need to hear from him, but I had gotten comfortable. And I grew up moving a lot, and I really thought, okay, we'll get married, and we'll do ministry here, and then the kids will go to that school from kindergarten all the way up, and 
it, that'll be our life. Like that was my dream. But God had another dream. God had another idea. So I began to pray and really seek him and he softened my heart and kept softening it and stripping away everything at me and, and eventually saying, uh, I remember on December 7th, um, I, he never came home on Wednesdays. Um, he worked at the church and then I'd always put dinner in the refrigerator on a plate for him. And I crawled into bed cause he always got home way later than me and the kids had school the next day. And the Lord had showed me that morning in our devotions, um, it's time to move on. And I underlined moved on. And I thought, oh, my gosh, how am I going to tell my dearest friends I'm leaving? How am I going to look these girls in their eyes and say we're leaving everything that you know and go to a lot of unknowns? And so he crawled into bed that night, and I could hear him scraping the plate, and I wasn't completely asleep. And I rolled over, and I said, hey, um, he had knew that God was softening my heart about coming here, and it was, you know, I couldn't really come to the Sunday night Bible studies. Abby was coming. She stopped her sports to come and just do childcare her freshman year, which I was angry about, but because <laughs> that was my year to come watch her play sports, and she quit and was being all godly, <laughs> which was a beautiful thing. Um, so um, I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. Yeah, so he was scraping the, thank you. So he was scraping the plate in bed, and I thought, okay, Jesus, here we go. And I, I turned over, and I said, hey, I just want to let you know, God told me we're supposed to go. He, he told me to, to move on. And the Lord had showed Tony the same thing the same day. And so I'm like, oh, what does this look like? I could barely sleep that night. I lost, when, when I was there, like a size 8. By the time we came here, I was a size 4. Stress makes me not eat because my stomach hurts so bad. So I was like, oh, my gosh, how do we tell the church? You know what I mean? Then you start stressing. But God knew. I mean, he had, he, he, I listened. I waited. I trusted. I didn't jump ship. I didn't say, you, you go, and this is over. Like, that's not what God calls us to do as Christian wives. So if his goal is developing mature character in you, that's what God is shooting for. We can't jump ship. James is saying we really need to add this up all during our lives correctly, not the world's way. Trial, trial are the tools that bring us to the feet of Jesus. Isn't that true? Where do we run to? We run to him. And it conforms us into his image. I really believe that God is holy, more holy than we could ever imagine. We just don't get it. We can't. That if we are actually to stand in his presence, we would be blown away in humility, bowing before him, worshiping him, and thanking him for one day of his presence in our life. Psalm 8 says, What is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? But if you know that he loves you more than anything, and the proof is where? In the crucifixion. Revelations 3.19, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. He's going to reprove me to help me to grow. He's going to hold on to me. He's not going to let us shipwreck. He's not going to let me ruin people's lives. He's going to help me and you to grow into godly women. He has a goal that we can't see. He has different plans that we can't see. But we need to trust him. He disciplines us not because he's angry, but because he loves us. So we need to count such things up correctly. Come to write answers and things. So make sure you're adding up. 
making sure you're adding up according to God's economy, not to your own. You know what I mean? The second thing is we need to know. Know who our God is. He's a good, good father. He's not out to get you. He's not going to hit you over a head with a hammer when you make a mistake. He's there with open arms. And I don't know, like I said, what kind of dad you had. That, that can be difficult. My dad was very absent. And so I, I hungered, hungered for a father in my life. And, and I tell you, I did not know what I really was missing until I watched my husband with our girls. And wow. A godly dad. Oh, my gosh. It's beautiful. He loves you so much that he was tortured and crucified, and he endured that for us. Jesus said, Father, if there's any other way, remove this cup from me. But not my will, but yours be done. So Jesus loves you that much. Romans 8.28, And we know that God works all things together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. I don't know what trial you're in right now, but it's a promise that he's going to work it all out for his good. But you need to stay. You need to let God be guiding you through that journey, through that trial. And you can't jump ship as a solution. I'm sure many of us have seen our Christian friends, sisters who have jumped ship and where their life's at now. It's sad. It's really sad. I have a handful of older women in my life that I can look to, that I can say that's a strong woman. She has never jumped ship. But I wish it was more. Romans 5, 3, 3 through 4. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. Christian women can enjoy the new perspective of rejoicing in tribulations because of the benefits gained by the proper response to suffering. The Greek word to translate tribulation can mean pressure. I don't like pressure. It's not fun. Paul encouraged Christians to rejoice in pressures because they produce perseverance or endurance. This means a spirit that actively meets and overcomes life's difficulties. I have to tell you, the night that we told our girls, so we knew for about a month, I think Tony went to the board and told them first, and um, Abby knew because she was watching what was happening, and um, she just she already knew what was going on because she was older. But I remember we were at the dinner table, and Tony's like, tonight's going to be the night, and Megan was in um, seventh grade. She was having the time of her life, junior high, with all her friends, and and Carly was happy as could be. And I remember when we told them, um, they just cried and ran away from us and cried like I've never seen my girls cry before, like we had just ripped something away from them. Megan ran to her closet and hid in her closet and just kept pushing us away. It it just broke my heart. It just made me want to say, forget it. Nothing's worth this. They love it here. This is their home. And we're going to what? What are we going to? We don't even know. You don't even have a job. Like, you know. And I... When we left New Jersey, I had let my nursing license as an LPN, I had let it go because I thought, why well, pay for that? I don't need to keep it active. So I had to go through a whole um, process with that. It took about a year to get that in place as well. 
It was super, super hard. So what I'm saying is without the word of God, without God saying, move on, and I knew clearly that it was his will to move on, I couldn't have said to those little girls, we need to trust God. We need to lean into it. This is his will. And I remember God saying to me during my devotions, during that process of us transitioning and me listening, waiting to hear from God. And I remember God saying in my devotions when I sat at his feet, Trisha, he's your husband, but he's my shepherd. And do you want to stand in front of me someday? And I'm going to say to you, what did you do? What did you stop? And I was like, oh my gosh, Jesus, no. I don't want to get in the way of what you're calling my husband to just because I'm being a brat, because I want my way, because I want my kids happy. No, it hurts. I want your will. I want your will. I trust you. I lean on you as hard as this is going to be. So without that, with that, I could say to them, it's going to be all right. Because God says it is. So know who your God is. Remember to count according to God's economy. It's hard to describe what the Lord did in that season when we moved here. But it was amazing. I can't put it into words. But our girls grew in ways that only that trial of leaving and cleaving to the five of us what that did in our family. Um, I have people, my son-in-law for one says, you guys are just so close. And I say, it's because of what we had to walk through. Jesus, Jesus did that. And it was just a special thing that the Lord did. I can't, I can't even, our family grew in many ways. We got so close to one another and I can't even describe what it is in words, but that's what he did during that time. God says, let me teach you things right where I have you and in what I'm doing in your life. Impatient people are always immature people. If you want to learn about this, I'm in the nursery every Sunday. They are impatient. If the other baby has a toy, they just take it away. If they don't get their way, they're screaming and throwing a tantrum. So that's what immature people look like. God wants us to learn to wait on him and not to just wait, but to wait patiently. Psalm 37 says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret. When we wait, we see miracles. And that's what I saw in my girls. Did I ever dream that they would go to a public school? No. (laughs) No. And I had them praying because they were old enough to pray. They were going into 6th, 8th, and 10th grade. And I said, you girls, be praying. Be praying what the Lord showed you. I want to hear what the Lord's showing you in your devotions. Be praying. And I remember ACS called us because we had checked out ACS, but we were like, how are we going to pay for that? We don't have a job yet. And the Lord provided. I forget who it was that called me and said, hey, I just want to let you know God's provided. Uh, You have a year free here. And I was like, Okay, that's awesome. That's wow, that's amazing. So I sat the girls down, we told them, and I said, let's pray about this because it might be one year and then the next you may have to go to public. So it may be transition and then transition again. 
And it was so cool to watch them learn to, to seek the Lord and see what God had in it for them. And they were like scared to death, but they said, we're supposed to go to public school. And it was scary. It was really hard. And, and it was not perfect. But they're all walking with the Lord. Psalm 37, 7 says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret. When we see miracles, when we bail, we live with guilt. The only easy way this can be done is if we add correctly as we estimate our life. Sometimes we don't add correctly. We add it all wrong. God is not mean like us. I think we think just because we can be mean and we can treat others a certain way, we think that's how God's going to be. We misjudge him and we misjudge what he's doing. He's not like us at all, at all. He's all loving, he's all kind, and he's all patient. Again, verse 4. Sorry for my sniffling. And it's so hard because I, I need these to see this, but then to look at you guys, you're all blurry. So then I'm like, oh, my gosh, they look so weird. <laughs> and I know you're all beautiful. Okay. All right, verse 4. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Endurance is not something you can get from reading a book or listening to a sermon. I wish it were that easy. We get stronger from weight training, like lifting weights, which I do not do, as you can tell. But we also get stronger with weight, W-A-I-T, training. Waiting on him. Listening to him. Here's a quote that I absolutely love. I forget where I get it from. Patient, patience isn't passive. It is persistence in spite of the struggle. Patience isn't passive. It is persistence in spite of the struggle. Another one. Maintaining peace in the midst of suffering. Ooh. How do you do that? You hang out with your Christian sisters, you be in the word of God, you get down on your knees and put your face on the floor and you cry out to the Lord and he will give it to you. And perseverance instead of surrender. So let's keep reading verses five through eight. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So we need to count it all up, add things up according to God's economy. We need to know who our God is. Now we need to let it go of our own desires and surrender right where we are, on the very ground on which you stand. Whatever that might be, um, bad news from the MRI, maybe your marriage isn't doing too well. Maybe you would rather jump ship. Um, a diagnosis, a family member that's um, ill and it's a struggle in caring for them. Whatever it could be, a prodigal, a child who's a prodigal. Remember the song, Let It Go, um, from, I think it's Frozen, right girls? from Frozen, um, that song meant to me, let it go. Let go of your bitterness. Let go of your anger. Let go of your hatred. Let go of judging your family members. Let go of judging each other. Let go of hatred. 
Let go of the bad attitude. You will never draw close to someone if you're keeping a list in your head of all their wrongs. You won't have a good marriage. He was given to you on purpose. He's supposed to be different than you. He's not supposed to be just like you. You'll never grow if he's just like you. And he won't either. He's supposed to be different. So add up things correctly, know who our God is, and let go of our own desires. Circumstances are the fingers of God. He brings things that I have no control over, and he hems me in. And I feel like the trial I'm walking in right now, I had no clue. If you would have tried to even tell me that, I would have been like, you're crazy. And sure enough, I, you know, he's hemming me in. He has me right where he wants to teach me. We need to stop asking why, which a lot of us do that. Well, why? But instead, we need to ask what? What is it? Where do I need to grow? Why did, you know, we do that a lot. Why did you give me this job? Why did you give me this husband? Why did I get sick? Why? At 50, I have pain in places I did not have a few years ago. And they don't, they're never going away. I wake up with my hands hurting, my feet hurting, and I don't know yet why. My sciatica sometimes just kills me. It's just, I'm 50 now. My body is changing. I need to stretch. I need to take better care of myself. But I could ask God why. I want to feel like I felt like when I was 30. But we can't. Why will get us nowhere? Reason is, what is it in me? Lord, what is it in me that needs to change? You've allowed these things. I trust you. You're a good God because we're adding it up correctly. We know who our God is. He's a good God. What is it in me? What, what are you wanting to do in my life right now? Right here and now, Lord. What part of your character is it that God needs to work on? He is using the circumstance in your life to do that. The greatest lesson I have learned have come through brokenness. They're the biggest lessons. And I tell you, they're the most treasured times of the Lord. Nobody says, oh, Lord, give me brokenness. <laughs> brokenness is our only escape from barrenness. If we don't allow God to do the work in our life that he needs to do, then we're going to have a barren Christian life. It won't bring the fruit that God can bring. Whatever brings you to the feet of Jesus is a good thing. Isaiah 45.3, I will give you, this is a really, really good one. I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places that you may know that I, the Lord, who call you by name and the God of Israel. Isn't that a good one? No matter how dark your life is right now, and sometimes we as women can make it that it's darker than it really is. I mean, we live in America. We're spoiled rotten. We have toilets running. We have kitchens. We have a bed to crawl into. You know, we are blessed. So no matter how dark your life is right now, no matter what you're facing, there are treasures there. Find them. Ask the Lord to show you what those treasures are. But it takes being quiet and listening hard. That's why God gave us two ears and one mouth.
we need to listen more. God cannot build character without our cooperation. If we're running from him, squirming out of his hands, just like your toddler does when they don't want to be spanked or disciplined or have a consequence, if we're going shopping to put a Band-Aid on it or because it feels good for a few minutes, to put things on the credit card, if we don't have the cash to do it, and then we, what, feel guilty later, right? Whatever we're doing, whatever it may be, you fill in the, you, whatever, fill it in. Or just eating chocolate all day. (sighs) We need to listen hard and lean into life's challenges. See whatever he wants to teach us. I think every one of us is like, like a house with four rooms. A physical room, an emotional room, a mental room, and a spiritual room. So we need to take care of the physical I struggle with this one. I am walking. I have a dog that makes me walk. I thought that was a good thing to do. <laughs> she, she keeps me busy. Um, so I'm trying to walk because at 50, it's a lot different. It just doesn't come off as easy. It's harder, very hard. And you, you just start eating differently. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But anyway, we need to try and take care of the physical because this is God gave us this, right? So we try. B, we need to try, we need to challenge the mental. And that's what you're doing tonight. You're here. You chose to be here. So you're challenging your thinking, your undoing. Sometimes we, I don't know if you do this. My husband recently called me, and he called me or something. I was talking, and I was having a full conversation with myself. He's like, who are you talking to? I'm like, myself. So we need to challenge our thinking. We can talk ourselves into anything when we're by ourselves, can't we? as women, and talk ourselves into believing, oh, she, she didn't hug me today. She hates me. She didn't, she didn't give me eye contact. Oh, what did I do to offend her? I mean, we can be crazy. We really can when we allow our mind to run rampant. So we really need to submit that to the Lord and, and, and walk that out right. So challenge the mental. We need to conquer the emotional. Conquer it. Because she can be pretty wicked and twisted. And that's who I'm dealing with right now. She can really ruin us. She can. If we allow her. And ruin your marriage. If you allow her. And then we need to grow up in the spiritual room. God can do a miracle in our lives if we choose to stand right in the place where he has us and trust him because we know right if we're adding it up correctly and we know who he is then we can trust him right we're letting go of our own desires and then we are to ask for wisdom the lord gave me this verse um when i was 19 i don't know right around that age when i went to go um i passed through nursing school by the skin of my teeth There was 30-something of us seniors, and only three of us made it. And I was one of them. And I was like, Jesus, I am not a very good test test taker. Not a good talker either. (laughs) I get all twisted. Um, But I get nervous. And back then, it was all handwritten. It wasn't on the computer, thank God, because me and computers are not best friends. So it was handwritten. And I was like, Jesus, please. I was having my devotions. And he gave me this verse. And so I cried out to him, Lord, I really need to become an LPN. Six months out of high school, I became an LPN so I could take care of my own self, get an apartment and take care of my bills because I didn't have help. 
And, and the Lord gave me that verse. So he is faithful to give you wisdom if you ask for it. I don't want to do Trisha's will. I want to do God's will. I don't want to waste the opportunity God has given me to mature. Thank God he doesn't leave us as babies. Would you want your kids to stay little forever? Sometimes I say, God, I would love to have them three, five, and seven just for a day. Because I know how hard it was, three, five, and seven. It's exhausting. But I do miss that little season of them needing me in that special way and just hanging out with them and loving on them in ways that it's, you know, it changes. But we don't want them to stay little. We want them to mature. We want them to be able to bathe themselves, wipe themselves. Very good. (laughs) Feed themselves. Get their own snack. I don't want to discredit my God through my lack of faith. Note what James says in verse 5. He says, if any of you lacks wisdom, don't let wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. So sometimes I think we just don't have it because we're not asking. We're just going up, going out about our business. And we're, we forget to say, Lord, I need, I need your help. Knowledge, that's another really good quote. Knowledge is to take something apart, but wisdom is to know how to put it back together. My son-in-law bought this crazy coffee machine, and he said, yeah, it wasn't working right, so I took it all apart, and I put it back together, and now it works wonderfully. And I'm like, I would have just went out and bought another one. (laughs) So wisdom is to know how to put it back together. That's wisdom. The word of God takes broken people, right? He's got wisdom. We were all broken. I don't know everybody's life story here, but I know we all come from brokenness. And he put us back together. He's still putting us back together. Knowledge speaks, but wisdom listens. So if we want to have wisdom, we need to listen hard. Sometimes we're just too busy. We're not listening. As wisdom, we need to, as women, we need to sometimes say no. Ask the Lord, what do you want me to do? Ask your husband, what, should I be doing this? Sometimes we just, yeah, 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 I'll wear this hat, I'll wear this hat. And then we're like running around like crazy bumblebees and we're not getting anything accomplished. Or we're getting half things half done. And God's like, I've not asked of you of this. So if we want to have wisdom, we need to listen hard. Psalm 111.10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Should we fear God? Yes, it means we respect him. It's healthy to fear him. Have a reverence, a respect. Just like my girls always respected their daddy. I could discipline them or um, say no. But if he said no, it was like, wow. You know, it was, it was like God was speaking because they knew it was no. Ecclesiastes 10.10 says, Wisdom has the advantage of giving success. When we glean wisdom from the word of God and we don't react in feelings, we grow. Proverbs 11.2, When pride comes, then comes dishonor. But with the humble is wisdom. When pride comes and we think we know it all, we are acting like arrogant Pharisees. But when we humbly listen and we are willing to learn, we obtain wisdom. Proverbs 19.8, He who gets wisdom loves his own soul. And will find good. Proverbs 29.15. The rod and rebuke. Reproof. Give wisdom. But we are to ask in faith believing. There is no strength in unbelief. 
So if we count things up according to his economy, the bigger our God will get. And then we'll want to trust him. If we know who our God is, if we let go of our own desires, then we're going to have faith, faith in God bigger than our earthly challenges. James compares the doubting Christian to the wave of the sea, like being tossed around, unstable in all his ways, unpredictable and unreliable. So we are to count, know, let go, and ask God for wisdom. So my question to you tonight, how are you? How are you doing? God loves you, and he cares about you. If we do what we know is true and right, our life will change in time. Set faith before feelings in your life, and your feelings will change. Yet this is a choice that we need to choose to do it and then see that change come. And finally, verses 9 through 11, Let the lowly brother glory in his exaltation, but the rich in his humiliation. Because as the flower of the field, he will pass away. For no sooner has the sun risen with a burning heat than it withers with grass. Its flowers fall and its beautiful appearances perishes. So the rich man also will fade away in his pursuits. Proverbs 22, the rich and the poor have this in common. Guess what? The Lord is the maker of them all. Proverbs 38, remove falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty or riches. Feed me with the food allotted for me. That is my prayer. God, give me what I need and what I'm supposed to have in my life. By your greater wisdom in doing best for me. Ultimately, I mainly need you, Lord. That's what I truly need despite my circumstances. Money, whether always wanting more or having more than you really need, can be a distraction from God's plan for your life. Or money used in proper perspective can be a tool for his glory. Don't let it be your focus. Trust the Lord. Put it at his feet. He is so, I have seen it time and time again, he is faithful to provide, whether it be through a job, whether it be whatever it may be. He, he's so faithful, especially you moms that are at home and, and choosing to stay at home and not work or just work a little bit. He is so faithful. I, I just can't, I cannot, um, when we chose to do that for 11 or 12 years, uh, it was the best time in my life. And it was definitely a time where I had to learn to trust God because, but he was faithful. I can remember times where I'm like, okay, we got two diapers left. And Tony's mom would show up after work with a big thing of diapers. Oh, my God, you knew. You knew. You know. You're able. You're faithful. So God is going to ask us to grow up in this study, and quitting is not an option. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you that you're a God who you don't leave us as infants, Lord. You don't leave us, leave us as toddlers. God, you want us to grow. And Father, I thank you that you're a loving Father that wants us to grow and become more like you, Lord. That you want to kick the nonsense out of us, Lord. That you want us to stop living for ourselves and you want us to live for you, Lord. I just pray, Lord, that you'd help us, God. Help us to trust you. Help us to know who you are. Help us to count it up correctly, Lord. Father, help us not to look to the TV, social media, to this world for answers, God, because they're not there. They're in you, Lord. Help us to rest 
in you, Lord. Help us to listen and be slow to speak. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Okay. Um, so we have a little bit of time to do table time. So for table time, um, uh, we have table leaders. So I'd ask the five table leaders to just stand where you're at. Um, I just prayed about this, and the Lord gave me, um, okay, stand, table leaders. <laughs> um, I just prayed through the list of ladies that I had, and these are the ladies that the Lord um, put upon my heart, and I just, was in faith, went to them and said, would you be willing to do this? So this is just so that we have some organization. So now we're going to go into table time. And it's, we're not going to go over every question. We're just going to hit on a few. Um, I am a little uh, tired after teaching. <laughs> so um, I'm going to just be, like, joining each week. I'm going to just join a table. So I didn't want to be a table leader. I wanted to um, – a lot of you women have gifts that I, I just wanted to um, allow the Lord to use. So it's just to direct our time at the table so we don't sit there and chat about um, what we did this week that we'd get through other things. So we just look at a few things of the question and make sure that there's time for prayer. So um, thank you so much for um, helping and serving and um, make sure you save time for prayer after you guys go over some of the questions, okay? Thank you so much. No, just a few, just a couple or maybe one that you felt was hard or 